Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we're we're doing a series called I Am New, Understanding Our Identity in Christ. And so last week, I talked to you about two different things. I talked to you about how we perceive ourselves and what we base that on. And a lot of times, our self-perception of ourself is based upon what's my education level, what's my family background, you know, all of these different things, including how have I messed up, what are my failures, And then I showed you from the Bible how God saw you before you came to Christ. So what I want you to see today is, is we're going to basically start with this Sunday, and we're going to lay a foundation for you to understand who you are now as a believer. Because I want you to hear me. The ways that we perceive ourselves, education, failures, all of that stuff, family backgrounds, that's not who you are. Does everybody understand that? And then when we looked and we saw how God saw you before salvation, that you were relationally dead to him, that you were a child of his wrath, headed to hell, that's not who you are now either. All right? Now what we're going to do is, is we're going to look now and we're going to see that who we are is something completely different. And most of you don't have any clue. And the basis of where it came out of is the salvation that so many of you claim. See, here's what happens. I'm just going to be honest with you. Years ago, for some of you it's been years. For me it's been 20-some years or more. Someone came to you and shared the gospel with you. You recognized your need for Jesus and you, 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 you came to Christ, made a commitment to follow him. And you experience salvation. And so for a lot of you, that simply is, is okay. I'm okay until Jesus comes and he's here for me right now. And we don't have any clue or understanding beyond that and what it means for us right now. And that it changed your whole identity. Do you understand what I'm saying? It changed your whole identity of who you are as a person. Because you're still viewing yourself right now based upon that self-perception stuff of family background, failures, education level, all of that stuff. Or you're viewing yourself with a concept of how God saw you before you came to Christ. But now that you're in Jesus, you are somebody new. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to, to help you over the next few weeks grasp that understanding. We're going to lay a foundation today. The Apostle Paul is going to lay a foundation today. And so let's look together. We're just going to look at verses 4 through 9. 4 through 9. Look at what he says here. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. All right, let's take a look here. What's going on here? First of all, we're going to look at a starting point. If we're going to understand the foundation, we've got to have a starting point. Then we're going to see God's initiative. We're going to see God's initiative here. And then we're going to look at the core of our identity. Everybody understand what a core is? It's the very center of who you are right now. And what my hope is today is that you begin to understand that when you get up in the morning and you haven't had your coffee yet, you haven't had that shower, and you're just going, uh, looking in the mirror, if you're truly contemplating who you are, that what you see in the mirror is not disappointment, it's not shame, it's not guilt, it's not a poor me, it is a realization of who you are because of Jesus. That's what we're going to hope for today. That's where we're going on this journey. So let's start with the starting point. Look with me, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. If we're going to understand our identity, we've got to start somewhere. And let me tell you where we start. We start with God. So listen to me. When we talk about who you are, you don't start with yourself. Isn't that great? When we talk about who you are, we don't start with ourselves. Because if we start with ourselves, here's what we do. We measure ourselves what? Based on our education. We measure ourselves based upon what our family background is, what we've done as far as achievement. We, 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 we start with our failures. When you talk about starting with understanding who you are, you start with God. And here's two things I want you to see about God. The first one is this. God is rich in mercy. Wow. Some of you got to mark that one down. You got to put a star by that because that's not your concept of God. You have a concept of God that he is ready to take you to the woodshed at the slightest little mistake for some of you. Some of you have a concept of God that he doesn't care about you. Some of you have a concept of God that he is just waiting to zap you to make your life miserable. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you have that concept that that's how God views, his view is towards you. But what I want you to see is that the Apostle Paul tells us that even though we were doomed, headed to hell, he puts in there that great word, but God is rich in mercy towards us. Isn't that awesome? God is over, when we talk about it being wealth, he's got so much mercy. What's mercy? You guys know what mercy is? It's not getting what you deserve, right? It's, it's not getting what we deserve. It's actually going beyond what we deserve. And that's how God is towards you. He is rich in mercy towards you. So you don't need to, if you're in the midst of a struggle right now, you don't need to worry about and wonder about how does God think about you. He's rich toward, in mercy towards you. You need to grasp that. Here's the other thing it is. He loves us with a great love. He loves us with a great love. Listen to me. One of the biggest struggles that humanity has, I know it, I have it, you have it, is the concept of wanting to know if somebody loves us. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, you can be married and still struggle with wondering, do they love me? 
has it changed? The greatest struggle that you and I have is having a concept of am I loved? You say, well, I don't really care about that. Yeah, you do. Because that's how we're wired. We're wired to be loved and to love others. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so what you and I need to grasp is I'm going to look at the starting point that the, my identity starts with God is a God who is rich in mercy. I also need to grasp the reality that he loves me, not just with any old little love. He loves me with a great love. Do you understand what I'm saying? He loves you so much. How much does he love you? He'd send his own son to die for you. Who would do that? You know, I love my kids, but I would not give up any of my kids for you, period. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, I love you guys, but I don't love you that much. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not offended if you're mad at me because I know this. You don't love me that much either. Do you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't give up your kids for me, but he loves you that much. So the first place I start when I try to understand who I am now and how Jesus sees me and my identity in Christ and that I'm new is I start with a concept of God that he's rich in mercy. And let me just stop. Some of you got to mark that down. You got to own that because you're failing in some area and you wonder if he's done with you, he's rich in mercy. Others of you need to grasp the other one. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Isn't that awesome? That's the starting point. So then we start with him. We got to go right into verse 5 through 7, and we see his initiative. Because here's the thing. God's not waiting around for you to straighten up. Do you hear me? God's not waiting for you to straighten up. God's not waiting for you to get your act together. God's not waiting for you to do the right stuff so that we can work on this together. God's not waiting on you. Can, can, can I be honest with you about it? When it comes to your life and who you are and, and the essence of what's going on in your life, God's not waiting on you. Isn't that wonderful? Because for some of us, we're like, man, I have crossed the point of no return. There's no way I can go back. I am what I am. I have done what I've done. He's not waiting on you. Here's his initiative. Look with me, verse 5 through 7. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Two things I want you to see. Number one, he made us alive through Jesus. He made us alive through Jesus. You say, okay, well, George, I've always been alive. What are you talking about there? Well, remember we talked about it last week that we were dead, not physically dead, we were relationally dead. Before you came to Jesus, you had no relationship with God. He didn't want to have one with you. But now, because he's taking the initiative now, he makes you alive to him through who? Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Do you understand? That's why the cross is so important. Because Jesus Christ reconciled me to God. And in his initiative now, he makes me alive to him. Do you understand? I'm made alive to God now. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. It's pretty awesome. He gave us a new standing. He gave us a new standing. What does that mean, George? Well, let's just take a look here. Look with me. Verse 6. And raised us up together... 
and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Here's what he did. He gave you a new position in life, a new standing. What does that mean? Okay, well, let's let's just take a look here. When you think about your life right now, where you're at, where you live here in Clearfield County, where what your job is at work, how do you rank on the totem pole of life in America? Are you at the top? Are you even in the middle? How are you ranking? Do you know what I'm saying? Does anybody even know you exist in Washington? Well, they say they do, but did they really? Does anybody care? We wrestle with that, don't they? That sense of what? Insignificance. You know, you know what I mean? It's like even, and, and some of us, we it, it's the reality, like you slave away for work, you give all you can for work, and a, and a company company can't live without you. Heard that lie? Till they give you the pink slip and you find out, I guess they can. How you feeling then? What's your sense of identity? This is especially true for men, because men identify themselves with what? What they do. What they do. But here's what I want you to see that God does, because our starting point isn't us and that other stuff. Our starting point is with God. He takes the initiative, and this is what he does for me. He just doesn't make me alive to him. That in itself is awesome. He now gives me a new standing. What kind of standing is that, George? He places me in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Well... It means, are you listening to me? That I'm an heir with Christ. And the glory of the kingdom that is to come, that belongs to him, belongs to me. And I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to understand completely my full identity of who I am in him. He seated me with him. And not just that, I'm an heir to future blessings. Isn't that awesome? How's your bank account doing this week? Everybody's laughing. But like mine, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Isn't it wonderful to know that one day the Father is going to bestow many blessings on you? Isn't that awesome? That's who you are. You're an heir. I mean, you're not getting nothing much right now, but man, what's coming? Do you know what I'm saying? We, we don't, here's the thing about Americans. We like to think about now, now, now only. We don't ever think about what's coming down the road later. And here's what's coming down the road later. Position with Christ. That's so awesome. Look at what he's doing for us. Look at the identity of who you are. In fact, can I be honest with you? Here's the reality. Do you know your royalty? We're going to see that in another couple weeks. The Bible will describe you as a royal priesthood. Royalty. What do you mean? You are your majesty. You think about the king and the queen, you think the queen of England and all of that stuff, and you are a king with Christ. You will rule with him. You are a prince or a princess. That's who you are to him. Now the world looks at you and says, oh, that's just foolishness. But we're not measuring ourselves by the world, are we? We're measuring ourselves by what God measures us as, right? He's given us a new standing. So you say, okay, George, that's his initiative. This is what he's doing. How do we get there? Well, that's where we come to the core, the core of our identity. 
And let me just go ahead and write this. If you want to write this down, the core of our identity is our salvation. The core of our identity, who you are as a person, is tied to your salvation, which you receive from Christ. And I'm going to show you how. The core of our identity. Look with me at verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Four things we're going to see here. The basis is our salvation, which we did not deserve. The basis of my identity is my salvation, which I did not deserve. Let me just stop right there with that. Does everybody understand that the salvation you have in Jesus, you didn't deserve it? Does everybody understand that? It's not because you got raised in a Christian home, not because your mama dragged you to church all the time, not because of this, that, or another, not because you're doing all the right things, not because you voted for the right party. None of that, listen to me, makes you worthy of salvation. You don't deserve it. What do you deserve? We talked about that earlier. We deserve to go where? To hell. Period. Well, I'm no axe murderer. No, but there's something else in your life that's just as bad. Well, I don't see it that way. It's not based upon how I see it. It's based upon how God sees it. And he sees all sin as the same, as an infraction against him. And so the basis of my identity is the salvation that I have been given that I don't deserve. I don't deserve it. Here's the other thing. We must place our faith in God's salvation. Look at what he says. For by grace you have been saved. That's getting what you don't deserve. Through faith. That salvation, which I don't deserve, comes to me through faith. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Let me explain to you what faith is and what faith is not. Because this is where we get hung up in our culture today in America. Faith is not simple belief. You write that down. Faith is not simple belief. Because I can simply believe that 2 plus 2 is 4, right? I can believe that there's a president in America. But that's not impacting my life daily. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That's not causing me, uh, that's not changing the way that I live my life. I can know stuff and it not impact me at all. Does everybody understand? It's not simple belief. It's belief that results in commitment. That's what faith is. It is belief that results in commitment. It's looking at something and knowing that God has promised to do something in an area and saying, you know what, Lord, I trust in you rather than what else is going on around me because my trust is in you, God, because I'm committed to you and you're going to work this out, even though it else, all else seems odd and weird. See, our, our, our culture wants us to say that we've got to achieve ourselves to salvation. We've got to work our way there. But God comes along and says, no, you don't. You just have to trust me. You just have to be committed to me. You have to put your faith in me, and therefore you're saved. That's what it is, not just simple belief. So how do you know it's not just simple belief? Well, have you been over to James? James says this, that even the demons, what, believe and tremble. But where are they going? To hell. See, simple belief won't change you, but a commitment to. Belief that leads to a commitment to follow Jesus, that'll change you. 
That'll change you. And that's what brings salvation. Now here's what else it says. So that the core of my, the core of my identity is this, this salvation which I don't deserve, but which I'm trusting in and making a commitment to follow Christ for. Here's what else it tells us. It's a pure gift and not based on you. Wow. Put a star by that one. Let's camp here for a moment. We're totally lost to the concept of what a pure gift is. What do you mean by that, George? Well, my favorite time of the year is Christmas. And the reason why I like Christmas is because I like buying gifts for my family. I just love buying gifts. And what I'll do is, is I listen all year long. I listen. Now, I've been, over the last few years, I've, I've not been listening good enough when it comes to my wife. Because I, I think I know what she wants, but I've been getting it wrong. But, uh, so I gotta learn to listen better. Okay. So, but with my kids, I listen. I listen to what they like, which that's constantly changing. So I listen to what they like the longest, not just the moment, okay? And and so here's what I I love to buy gifts for them. And, and they'll buy me gifts. But here's what I've noticed about Christmas gift giving. We'll give each other a gift, but we're always wondering what we're going to get in return. It's not a pure gift. You know what I'm saying? I give you a gift because I want something but what? Back. Did you know what I'm saying? Here's my, here's your gift. What did you get me? You know, here's your gift. What'd you get me? That's not a pure gift, right? A pure gift is a gift that's given with no expectation of anything, what? In return. And so God comes along because his son died. He offers us a pure gift with no expectation of anything in return. He offers each and every one of us, what? Salvation. It's a gift from God pure gift from God. Now, here's the other part of it. Now, this is what some of you have got to grasp. It's not based on you. Did you hear me? It's not based on you. Because here's what we do. Let's go back to Christmas. Remember Christmas? We talk about Santa Claus, and he's making a list. He's checking it twice, going to find out who's what. Naughty or nice. And if you're bad, guess what? He ain't bringing you nothing. He always does, though. Have you noticed? But we always say that. You better smarten up, because we think of that as a parenting method. Bring Santa Claus into it. Not a good method, folks. That's not a good method. But that's our concept, isn't it? That we get good things when we're what? Good. Here's the wonderful nature about the pure gift from God of salvation. It's not based upon you. So you're there and you're saying, well, you know, I've messed up in my life. I've, I've done some wrong things. I've done some things I regret that I wish I could take away. I carry the shame of some things. How can he love me? How, 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 can, how can that be available to me, George? It's available to you because it's not based on you. Did you hear what I said? It's available to you because it's not based on you. That's the thing that we've got to grasp. That's the thing we've got to own. If I'm going to understand who I am, I've got to own this one reality that my new identity isn't based on me. It's because God gave me a new identity through his salvation. And even though I may have made a mess of my life, and believe me, we make messes, don't we? Even though there's things that have taken place that we wish we could take back, do over, we can't. And this is how great God is. 
This is how much he loves you. This is how much he is rich in mercy. Remember we started there? He offers to us a salvation that's not based upon you. Because you don't deserve it. So he gives it to you. It's a pure gift. And it's not based on you. That I mean, if you don't leave here with anything else today, man, you have got to leave here with that concept. That you are who you are in Jesus. Not because of you, not because of your mess-ups, not because of anything else, but because he loves you. Isn't that awesome? Man, you got to own that. Here's the other thing. There is nothing that you can do for it. Nothing. No amount of money in the offering plate. No matter how many times you come out in a snowstorm to church. But no matter how many times you brave whatever to get here. No matter how many times you walk the little old lady across the street to get to the other side with all these coal trucks coming. No matter how many times you sacrifice, you're at Walmart and you want an item and it's the last item and somebody else is coming for it and you say, oh, I'll just be good today and you let them have it. I know you don't do that, but let's say you did. No matter how many times we attempt to do the right thing, that does not gain us our identity and does not gain us our salvation. Do you understand that? Because it has nothing to do with you. You can't do anything for it. All right, so let me help some of you here. I'm going to open a door to a cage that some of you are in right now. Whether you walk out of it is your decision. What are you talking about, George? Some of you have a concept of yourself that's based upon how somebody in church, remember I told you that our background is oftentimes our perception of our church backgrounds. And because you didn't do something that your thought your church said was proper, or you messed up in some way because of what your church said was proper. I mean, there was a time when if you got divorced in a church, you might as well be a second-class citizen. Do you remember those times? I remember those times. Or maybe you didn't go to church enough, or maybe you went off the deep end one time, and maybe you did this, and maybe you did that. And, and as far as the church culture was aware, that you were you were basically saying like you had the measles. Do you know what I'm saying? That you were sick, can't get near you. Now here's what happens with that. Because the church acts that way to you, here's what happens. You begin to think, that God sees you the same way. You begin to think that God's perception of you is based upon all of that. You know what I'm talking about? Does everybody, let's just say, everybody nod, so whether you agree or not, you're gonna, I can at least see you're hearing me, okay? Here's what I want you to understand. This is where you get to walk out of the cage. Your decision. Your acceptance with God has nothing to do with you. Your acceptance with God has everything to do with what Jesus did for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what salvation is. That's your new identity. So some of you, the door's open. Walk through it. Don't listen to the lies of the past anymore. You have a new identity that's based upon what Jesus did for you. 
It's a question of whether or not you want to embrace that. Or do you want to keep wallowing in the stuff from the past? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.